Amen. All right. Y'all doing all right this morning? Is my accent and voice coming pretty clear? And I really do believe that I do have angels that, that the Father sent to help me translate. I think they come and sit next to people and say, whenever in your mind you're going, what did he say? And then you go, oh, that made sense. I think that's one of those angels. But anyways, so let's just take a moment. I just like to invite heaven in because that's what we want. We really want the atmosphere of heaven. We want the, um, the Holy Spirit. We want the involvement of Jesus. And we definitely want the Father to be here. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you for such a privilege that we can come to your house, Father, and be able to worship in spirit and in truth. We just want to thank you, Jesus, for the door that you opened, that no man can ever close, no demon can ever close it, that we can approach the Father boldly because of your precious blood, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for indwelling us and living in our hearts, teaching us all truth, leading us to all truth, sharing the Father's love abroad in our heart and the mercy of God upon us. Thank you how you daily walk with us, Holy Spirit. We just want to honor you for that. We want to honor you, Father, honor you, Jesus, honor you, Holy Ghost. Father, I just invite the angels of heaven, the ones that you've called and assigned for this specific time, for this specific meeting, that our ears will be opened. Father, every demonic entity that is in this place that is going to cause any sort of people to get upset, no distractions, Lord, I just bind them and I dispel them out of here. And I just say, heaven come and your presence come. And we're all saved. Amen. Amen. All right, Lord. It's interesting. I felt like uh, my message has already been preached today. I said, Holy Spirit, that's not fair. <laughs> you already preached my message. I'm not sure. What do you want me to do up here now? But anyways, but I'm still going to go after the expression the Father's really put in my heart for this morning. And uh, <clears throat> I was asking the Lord what he wanted to say this morning. I actually asked him maybe two or three weeks ago. And I kept on nagging him. And just like the Lord, just right before, <laughs> that's when he shows up and gives you what you need. So, absolutely. You know, like out the bug say, right? What a pity it is to, you know, to depend on the Lord, but not in a bad way. But anyways, moving on. So here's, here's what the Lord started speaking to me about. For the last... I say maybe a month or so. How this experience where it seemed like all of a sudden, all my insecurity, all my fears, and all that stuff just started flaring up, and it just felt like it came out of the blue. Things that are that I thought that the Father had dealt with, and I come to a place where I, I have peace in my soul at that moment. All of a sudden, it's a sieve. Somebody would just absolutely raising that stuff within me. I remember crying out to the Father, I don't know what's going on right now, but I just, I mean, I felt absolutely insecure in every way. I have fears coming in and out, hard for me to sleep at night, different things, you know, coming at me. Um, 
think about the future going, man, Lord, you know, what am I doing, you know? What am I going to be doing? You know, all these other things. Things that before that the Father settled. And it's interesting when those things start bubbling up within you, how you start actually questioning the love of God. You start questioning whether you're still his favorite. You start questioning whether you're still the beloved of the Lord. You start questioning that truth that he's already spoken to you specifically, directly to your heart. So, today actually I'm going to use my notes. (laughs) So, sometimes the Lord says, no, don't do that part. You know, but... But it's interesting how at those moments you feel totally inadequate. You feel like you've fallen short. And all sorts of questions start rising up within your heart. And that's actually what was taking place in my own heart. I'm still going through the journey, actually. I'm not going to say that I've arrived. And I was asking the Father of all the things you want me to share, you want me to go to that part. Where I feel so raw and so tender within my own heart. And the father said, yep, that's the best kind. So, mm, oh, Lord, how mercy. So as I was speaking to the father continuously, just asking him, you know, I, you know, I'm confessing, like repenting, saying, you know, father, I'm sorry for my doubts, sorry for my fears, for my insecurities, feeling needy, all these other things that, that were coming at the time. And one thing that the father said was this. You're my Jedediah. And the moment he said that, something just pierced my heart. And he said, you're my Jedediah. You're my Jedediah. And sometimes... When we have all that stuff come up, the insecurities, failures, past failures, present failures, you name it, hardships, sufferings, relationship stuff, I mean, you name it, all that stuff, just all of it just comes up in there. And it seems just to bubble up all at one time. And it's interesting how that particular stuff starts breeding a culture and an environment around me, an atmosphere. Actually, that's a better word. An atmosphere of you having unbelief. And it's interesting. Mm, Lord, have mercy. Help me, Holy Ghost, (laughs) to get this thing going. And the truth about it is, we absolutely, each one of us, walk through that all the time. We each one of us walk through that all the time. And I hear the father this morning crying out from within his heart a message, a reminder, okay? That regardless of what you're going through, regardless of all the hardships and all the sufferings and all this other stuff, you're truly his beloved. Now that you're still his beloved, you're truly his beloved. It's always in a present tense. 
And it's interesting at those times when, when you're struggling and you're having this st- all this stuff going on. You have a natural default to try to actually earn that love. To try to earn yourself back to that position of being a beloved. Whether you do it consciously or unconsciously, it's something that out of our insecurities, we start striving to see whether, can we earn that position back? Like somehow, we've fallen away from that part. So let me just read this thing from uh, 2 Samuel 12. You know, and I always use the NLT version, the New Living Translation. Love it. I'm an African. I like simple English. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to confuse me. So it says, Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and slept with her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and David named him Solomon. The Lord loved the child and sent word through Nathan the prophet that they should name him Jedidiah, which means beloved of the Lord, as the Lord had commanded. Before that child ever did a single thing, the father declared, proclaimed, decreed, sent a prophet to reassure and say, you are Jerry Dyer, the beloved of the Lord, period. Before he ever did a single thing. That was the status of his position to begin with. The beloved of the Lord. Not the other way around. He didn't have to earn that position. That position was fully given out of the father's heart towards him. Saying, I'm placing you as my beloved right here, right now. Not based on anything you've done. Because obviously you know Solomon's life later. You know all the stuff that he did that he went through. He was a godly man, but at the end of his life, he made a lot of mistakes. But I do not think one moment that he lost that position as the beloved of the Lord. See, this is the goodness that is in the Father's heart. Just, for me, the way I look at it is this way. I look at the prophet Nathan as a foreshadow of something that was more real. Just the same way you have Adam, the athlete man, who was a shadow of the real man, which is Christ Jesus himself. So in this part, as the Father was speaking to me, he was saying, listen. Just the same way I sent Nathan the prophet to go and tell the father, which is David himself, that this child, I want you to name him the beloved of the Lord, Jedediah, period. It's the same way I think about Jesus Christ himself. The same way the father sent Nathan the prophet to go proclaim this over Solomon. It's the same way the father sent Jesus himself to actually testify and proclaim what we actually are before the Lord. How the father actually views us. Because out of the mouth of Jesus said 
For God the Father loved the world so much that he sent. Out of his own willingness, he sent. The son, the great prophet, to proclaim to the people that they are the beloved of the Lord. Oh, Lord, have mercy today. See, Jesus himself, being the firstborn from among the dead, was the real deal, the real representation of how we ourselves, who were to follow after believing in him, and his atonement and everything that he's done on our behalf. We were to follow into that same, not just example, but under the same exact favor that he had. Not separate. Ours is not less. And Jesus is greater one. Jesus out of his own mouth say this in John 17. He said, as the Father has loved me, he has loved you. With the same love that he loved Christ with is the same love that he loves us with. The exact same love. You know, in Matthew 3.17, where he says, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my son, my beloved, in whom I delight. Then another version he says, and a voice from whom heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Before Jesus did any single ministry, any single miracle, he had to hear the father speak to him and say, you are my beloved. It's not the works that you do that earn you that position. We do have a tendency of doing that. That is a default that we have, especially when you mess up. Or when your insecurities flare up, your first instinct is to find a way to earn yourself back into that position. But I'm here to proclaim to you, you don't fall from that position. Otherwise, the father will be a liar. And we know that the father does not lie. So if he proclaims that you are his Jedediah, that you are his beloved, then I have to take that word as he has said it. And regardless of all the hardships that you go through, all the sufferings that you go through, that that is the position. Now, one of the things that I, that I really feel strongly in my heart is this. With the way things are going on the earth right now, especially with the ruling that went on in the United States with the whole changing the status of marriage, one of the judges actually said, the person, the people that actually feel most sorry for are the Christians. Because they're the ones that are actually they're going to go after. And actually it's already taking place. If you haven't looked at the news, it's actually taking place. So you ask yourself, with all these things that are going to be coming towards us, how easy is it for you to start questioning whether you're still the beloved of the Lord? All the persecutions that are going to be heading our way. Jesus said it pretty clearly. In this world you have trouble, but take courage. 
He never, shared, he never tried to shield his disciples from any of that stuff. He said, oh, yeah, you're going to suffer. He said it to Paul straight up from a prophetic word. Go and tell him this. Send an answer. Go and tell him this. He shall know how much he will suffer for me. The question is, when he's suffering at that moment, are you still his beloved? Now, you got to answer that question yourself. That's the journey that the Lord is putting me right now. Where are you going, man? Am I still your beloved? Because you feel that anxiety. You feel that stuff just flaring up. It's even Jesus himself. How to walk through that. You think about it this way, right? He hears his father blessing him. Saying, you're my beloved. I'm so well pleased with you. The next thing you know, the spirit is sending him to the wilderness. Where he's going to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Hungry. Emotionally drained. Is he still his beloved? I'm sure Paul, those thoughts came in through his mind. I'm sure the devil said, oh, really? So you, oh, you the beloved. So if you're the beloved, what are you doing out here in the desert? What are you doing out here? Hungry. Destitute. Why don't you try to change his stone into bread? Because you're the beloved of the Lord. Hmm. If you keep on looking at Jesus' ministry, his life, not even Jesus' ministry, just his life. From that day that he was called the beloved of the Lord, and you examine the next three and a half years that he walked on this earth, he was abused. He was falsely accused. I mean, he suffered. He was beaten. He was hanged on the cross. He was stripped naked. You name it. The question is, if you were to be real with yourself, if you're actually going through that stuff at that very moment, will you still believe the Father loves you? When Paul is sitting in jail, of all people, Paul, that man suffered, man. I mean, I, I, you know, sometimes I joke with Byron. I say, you know, Byron, uh, <laughs> if the Lord sent a word like that, I'm going to run. <laughs> You're going to serve me, and I'm going to show you how much you should suffer for me. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you know, anyways. Obviously, Paul lived through that. Beaten. I can't remember how many times he died. Stoned, he they threw him out of the city. Then they died. The Christians surround him. The next thing is, he gets up. I think he died. He gets up and goes back into the city. What will drive you to go back when you got stoned to death? <laughs> Even at that very moment that you're declaring about the love of the Father, you're being stoned. Do you still believe in your heart that you still? Jedediah. I'm sure these things Paul had to wrestle with. I do not see how you can be a Christian and these not be some things that you wrestle with in your heart. You needed a breakthrough. It did not come. Are you still his beloved? Mm. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm to Oh, Lord Jesus.
But yet, in all those things that happened with Paul, you can hear him proclaiming. That's why when you read these letters, if you were to actually put yourself in the story, put yourself in his shoes, and think about some of the stuff that he went through. Most of you, Paul, won't go through what he went through. I mean, being shipwrecked three times at sea, you lost at sea for two weeks. You get off, and you get on the shore, and you're trying to warm yourself in the fire. You get beat by a snake. It's literally hanging off of you. Are you still the Lord's beloved? You're out at sea in the cold. Shipwrecked. You got a word from the Lord that said, you are going to testify before kings and governors. But you're hanging out at sea for two weeks. Are you still his beloved? When Jesus was being persecuted, being beat down, stripped naked, crown of thorns, being hanged on that cross. Even he himself cried out, why have you forsaken me? It's a real battle. It's a real journey. It's a real journey, my people. There's no way around that. And the way things are going right now, those things are heading our way. And there's no more important time in your life than for you to absolutely allow the Holy Spirit to establish in your heart that you are God's Jedediah. You have got to allow that to happen for you in your life. It's got to happen. You have to allow that. That is the only thing that will sustain you. When I look at all these disciples that God persecuted, that's the only thing I can think about that they will actually stand persecution and still proclaim the love of God in the midst of it and still proclaim, no, I'm still his beloved. And they are, I'm still his beloved. And these lions ready to move you over. They're making a spectacle, laughing at you. But yet, do you still believe at that very moment, right there, that you're still God's Jedediah? So here's what Paul cries out in Romans 8, 35 through 39. I mean, just think about everything that I just described. If you read Paul's stories, just hear the cry that comes out of his heart. That he's so firmly establishing, <laughs> I'm God's Jedediah, and I can say this is why. And he proclaims, he says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? You see, he, that, that by itself should tell you that his journey with the Lord was an experiential one. It was not something that he read in a book. He actually had to walk it out with the Lord. Walk it out with the Lord. And then, in the midst of everything that he's going through, still have the boldness to testify this part. Can anything ever separate us from the love of Christ? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble, calamity, or persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. I mean, those words carry such profoundness. All day long, you're being assaulted by demonic entities. All day long, you're being assaulted by people that they, in their own lives, they're broken. They snap at you. 
Some people just don't like it for no reason. Just being a Christian, they hate you. Uh, that is assault. All day long, you're assaulted. But yet, Paul keeps on going. He says, no, despite all these things, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus who loved us. That Paul can actually proclaim this stuff after all the stuff that he went through. I wish I had time to read some of the stuff that he went through. Then he goes on and says, and I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries for about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above and the earth below. Indeed, nothing at all in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So are you still God's Jedediah? Can you in the midst of all your insecurities and trouble and uncertainty still proclaim that that nothing can separate me from his love? I am his Jedediah. And I have to speak to myself just like David. I mean, David cried out. They persecute me. They're everywhere. He's running from King Saul. But yet he goes... Mm. But your, unla- your unfailing love is all is with me. Continuously, if you look at the Psalms, your unfailing love, your unfailing love, your unfailing love. This is King David running away from Saul. He was about, he wanted to kill him. He was anointed to be the next king. And he's going, this is it. <laughs> but yet, in his heart, he determined that the f- that the love that the father had for him was real. And no matter what it looked like, he was going to still keep on walking and believing in that. I just want to share this dream. I'm almost done here. I had this dream a few months ago. I'm just going to tell you a little part of it. In this one part, I was standing in heaven. I knew I was very present in heaven. And there's this light. I mean, just the aromas, the fragrance. I mean, just the all the atmosphere. You just don't want to come back. Like, whew. And I remember one of the main things that stood out was this. It was a love that I could not even describe. The best work I could articulate with my words was this. Okay, I knew that I was loved. Number one, I knew that I had always been loved. Then I knew I am his beloved, that I belonged in the Father. And I belong to be loved by him. And even when I came back, when I came, when I got out of the dream, I remember crying out to the Lord, please take me back there. I mean, because you come back and all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, I got tomorrow I got to teach some pre-calculus. Tomorrow I got to do all this stuff. You're going, ah, get out of my head. That, that dream was awesome. That love, I, got, I need to bask in it some more. I need to stay there. You know what I'm saying? Then throughout the day, you get mad at the kids that you're teaching because some, some of them are just being knuckleheads. 
And then you feel bad about it because you yell at somebody. You know what I'm saying? You go through all this stuff throughout your day. And slowly but slowly, that starts diminishing. That love that I felt before just started fading. That, did that mean that it was gone? No. I just couldn't feel it the same way I did at that same level. But yet the father started challenging me. Say, are you going to walk in faith and by faith and believe me in my word? Or are you going to make up your own stuff? Because sure, that's what we do. We make up our own stuff. Anyways. Now, if you need some Bible proof that you've always existed in the Father's love, check this out from Ephesians. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because he was united with Christ. Even before the world, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ. Okay. I'll just read that one more time. Even before he made the world, God did what? Loved us and chose us. When I was in that place in heaven, that's how I felt. Exactly. Right there. I've always been here. I belong here. Like there's no other place. This is it. I'm, I'm supposed to be the Lord's beloved. His Jedediah. Then he goes on. Chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> oh, the tenderness of the Father. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. Decided in advance. This is not when... I decided. This was already decided. When I was his beloved, it was already decided. Way back in eternity, it was already decided. That decision was already made and was already finalized. So when I fall, or when I have insecurities, or when I have hardships or sufferings, then guess what? I know for sure, because the word says that from that back there, even before I knew myself consciously, I've always been his beloved. It's right in there. It's not just Africa. It's right in there. Then he goes on to say, this is what he wanted to do. Did I force him? He says that he willingly from his own himself, as an act of his own will, he said, you're my Jedediah. And he did it with great joy. So we praise God for his glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Belong. Belong. We belong. So, here's the last thing I wanted to say. If you look at that word, beloved. You know, sometimes we say it really fast, you know. Beloved. Especially for me. I just say real fast. Sometimes at school, when I actually say some sentences, I can see the kids kind of pause and go, was that one word? I'm like, no, it was a full sentence. Come on. So let me slow down for you. 
But we forget. That that word, when you read it, be loved. Think about two words. Be loved. Two words. Be loved. So when the Father proclaims, you're my Jedediah, you're the beloved of the Lord. He's saying, be loved. Be loved. That's our position. That's the position we stand in. No other position. So regardless of everything that's going to come towards our way, which it will, it will. If the disciples did not escape, I guess what? We're not. And Jesus promised, actually. He said, I promise you, it's coming. And you go, Lord, why you got to say it like that? Yeah. But, but that persecution is coming. That suffering is coming. All day long, every day, we have our own stuff. We have our own stuff. You name it. But the truth is, we're his beloved. And I feel like the Lord just wants to release that anointing of Jedediah. He's upon us so that we can actually really have that revelation in our hearts that we're his beloved, really. That's it, really. I I was not going to add anything too much to it, but I I do want to pray, you know. But I'm walking this journey right now. Um, I just want us all to consider how the history of Israel would have been different if Solomon really had taken that name. He's the only one in the Bible that I can think of that the Lord said, this is your name. And he is not heard of by that name any other time in scripture that I can think of. And so, though he, is, he was always the Lord's beloved, he, he didn't identify himself as such. And so, how many wives did it take for him to feel loved? How many kings did he have to satisfy to believe that the peace that the Lord had given him already would stay his? How how would how would it have been different? How many more generations could they have enjoyed the Lord's presence in Israel if he had received that word and that identity? So, though we'll always be the, the beloved of the Lord, regardless of how we respond, our, respond ha- our response has power. Our response affects generations. It affects the outcome of our own lives. And so let's really respond. Let's receive that generation, that, that identity in Christ. Amen. Could not say any better. So let's just stand to our feet. Just the same way Christ 
chose to identify himself with us, our sufferings. It's the same exact way that he wants us to identify with us being the beloved of the Father. He went through all that so that they, so that we can have that identity sewn into our own lives ourselves. So Father, right now, I just, I just thank you for being such a good Father. I thank you, Father, that you have given us an identity of being your beloved, being your Jedediah. And Father, we humbly, if we've not received that in the past, Father, we humbly receive that right now. Just tell the Father right now that you take it, you receive it. You identify with that. That come on, come in, whatever's going on in your life, you will identify yourself as God's Jedediah. And that will absolutely change the outcome of your own life. The outcome of the people that you come in contact with. Mm. Mm. Yeah, just soak in that. Just soak in that. Just take that moment. That's it. Come on. Come on. Mm. Ooh, yeah. Let that sink in. Oh, yes, Lord. Come on.
God. Oh, yes. Declare the decree. That's the truth. You are endless ocean. Oh, yes, Lord. The bottomless sea. Oh, you are endless ocean. Oh, bottomless sea. Yeah, that's it you have for me. Oh, that's right, Father. That's right, Father. I feel like some of you will really experiencing some healing too. And I just pray for that spirit of adoption. That spirit of adoption. See, the interesting thing about adoption is this, okay? We are truly his children. But our adoption, it's a really strong word. Because adoption has to do with you actually choosing that child. The children that are born to me, I didn't have a choice in who I'm going to get. But when you adopt a child... You're actually seriously considering taking them in with everything that you might face with them all the rest of their lives. It's a commitment that comes out of your own free will. So, Father, just release that spirit of adoption right now, Father. Let it just come down upon us. Let it absolutely arrest our hearts, our souls. Bring. Just bring. That assurance in our hearts, Lord. Like oil, let it go to every crevice of insecurity and drive out all the fears. Help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us, Holy Spirit, to grab a hold of that truth that we are the Father's children. That we are the Father's beloved. So help us, Holy Ghost. We just cry out to you this morning, Holy Spirit. For you are the one that sheds the Father's love abroad in our hearts. So come, Holy Spirit, and touch, and touch, and minister, and touch.
Yeah, I don't know whether we have the ministry team here or not. I know there's a lot of people that are camping. <laughs> but if we do, just come up here. If you want, just come up here, prayer, ministry team. If you want any more prayer, you want someone to agree with you, any sickness in your body, just allow the Father to really massage that in your heart today. He is a good Father. So if you need any more prayer, come. Other than that, I just pray a blessing over you that the Father's face will forever shine on you. That He'll forever sing on you, sing upon you, sing with you, sing back to you. And that you will absolutely know that you're His beloved, that you're His Jedediah, period. So with that, I bless you guys. And you're free to go. And if you want further prayer, you can come up.